Welcome to this week's episode of Business Wise. This is a podcast series for entrepreneurs interested in expanding through learning and applying the management system discovered and developed by humanitarian philosopher and administrator, Mr. L. Ron Hubbard. You know, I often get suggestions for episodes from listeners, and uh, I usually act on them. If they touch on a subject I haven't discussed already, and the one I got the other day, simple as it may have been, actually got me looking in a direction we have not covered at all, but is so important, I could easily describe this as your most important episode to date. Why? Because we're going to express an attitude. This is an attitude you must have to master the skills of management or anything, for that matter. It is an attitude that is becoming increasingly scarce in today's society. And we suffer for it. And you suffer for it if you don't have it in many ways, which we'll get into. And that attitude is called professionalism. It has relevance to you and it has relevance to your employees and anyone else you care about in your life. Uh, I want to start by reading an article from Mr. Hubbard. He actually covered this in a number of different places, but this is an article from Mr. Hubbard entitled Professionalism. He says here, quote, Don't ever do anything as though you were an amateur. Anything you do, do it as a professional to professional standards. If you have the idea about anything you do, that you just dabble in it, you will wind up with a dabble life. There'll be no satisfaction in it because there'll be no real production you can be proud of. Develop the frame of mind that whatever you do, you are doing it as a professional and move up to professional standards in it. Never let it be said of you that you lived an amateur life. Professionals see situations and they handle what they see. They are not amateur dabblers. So learn this as a first lesson about life. The only successful beings in any field, including living itself, are those who have a professional viewpoint and make themselves and are professionals. L. Ron Hubbard. All right. Now, as mentioned, uh, this is probably pretty contrary to the current culture. I think now we're supposed to learn everything in 3.5 minutes via the YouTube channel or where we're supposed to go to university for six years to get a master's degree in business that teaches you nothing about such insignificant subjects as sales or how to hire a good man or a good woman. There doesn't seem to be a lot of professional orientation in many areas today. A lot of factors come into play in this subject, more than you might think at first. It has everything to do with your success and your joy in living, as we will go over. If you're not feeling bright and cheerful on a routine basis in your life, it has something to do with this subject, believe it or not. Let's start by looking at the definition of a professional. Mr. Hubbard wrote an article entitled, A Professional, dated 10 June 1979, where he defines the term, quote, a professional is somebody that can produce a high quality product, end quote. How is that for an acid test? Can the person produce a high quality product or not? You know a professional when you see one, because you bring them your car to fix, you have them fit your suit for you, you hire them to protect your family or your company or to cut your hair. If they don't produce a high-quality product, they are no longer hired by you or used by you. They are not professionals in what they claim to be professionals at. 
Now, you sense this. You may not name it that way, but that is what you are observing. They are not pro in that area. And not only are you unhappy with them, guess what? They're unhappy with them. They're unhappy with themselves. And there's a good chance they don't know why they are unhappy with themselves. And that unhappiness may have descended even further where they are now unhappy with everybody, everyone else. But the bottom line is that it starts with their inability to produce a high-quality product. They're not professional. They're just not professional. Do you know what the word morale means? That's M-O-R-A-L-E. Do you know what that word means? This is probably one of the most misunderstood terms in all of management, at least in my opinion. People tend to equate it with um, cheerfulness. Hey, let's distribute ice cream to the team. You know, bonuses for everybody. Looks like everyone could use a little boost in morale. Yeah, I'll bet everyone gets a little more cheerful when Jenny's ice cream is in their mouths. Or a few extra bucks in their pocket, but let's not confuse that with morale. So Mr. Hubbard defines morale as, here's your first definition, I'm going to give you two of them from Mr. Hubbard, says a sense of common purpose or a degree of dedication to a common task regarded as a characteristic of or dominant in a particular group or organization, also defined as a confident, resolute, willing, often self-sacrificing, and courageous attitude of an individual to the function or tasks demanded or expected of him by a group of which he is a part that is based upon such factors as pride and achievement and aims of the group, faith and its leadership, and ultimate success, a sense of fruitful personal participation in its work, and a devotion and loyalty to other members of the group. Wow, that's a mouthful, but isn't that awesome? Wouldn't it be great to have everybody walking around with this kind of a pride, this kind of sense of satisfaction and achievement? and loyalty to each other and so forth. I think we should, I'm going to cover this again. I haven't finished the whole definition, but it's, it's. I don't know, compare this definition to how your group's doing. And um, I'm not saying your group's doing badly. It's probably not doing that badly, but really take a look at these ideals. This sen- what is truly morale? He says, a sense of common purpose or a degree of dedication to a common task regarded as a characteristic of or dominant in a particular group or organization, also defined as a confident, resolute, willing, often self-sacrificing, and courageous attitude of an individual to the function or task demanded or expected of him by a group of which he is a part that is based upon such factors as pride and achievement and aims of the group, faith in its leadership, and ultimate success, a sense of fruitful personal participation in its work and a devotion and loyalty to other members of the group. That sounds awesome, don't you think? Then he goes on to say this, also a state of well-being and buoyancy based upon such factors as physical or mental well-being, a sense of purpose and usefulness and confidence in the future. Now that doesn't sound like somebody who's too depressed. Okay, that sounds like somebody who's pretty, pretty together. And I think that's something that we all want to be right, is pretty together. Well, that stems from morale. That is described as morale, and that stems from production, and production stems from professionalism. Following so far? 
And then he goes on to say this. He says, morale in a military sense applies to the whole group as in esprit de corps, spirit of the group. And that's that definition. Now, I'm uh, describing this for your benefit in analyzing, I guess I could say, your group. But also look at it in a way of analyzing yourself, your own well-being, your own sense of purpose, your own confidence, your own willingness, your own courage, your own loyalty and affinity for your teammates, etc., your faith in the leadership of whatever it is that you're doing and the ultimate success. I mean, these are these are high, what we would call high-toned characteristics. Now, if someone's not producing products, okay, they're supposed to, um, let's take, for instance, a typical example would be a salesperson. Anybody who's run salespeople has observed that someone who is not doing sales, who's not succeeding and successfully closing sales, is having a miserable time. Ah, ah. And they very often get down on themselves, or maybe they, uh, uh, they take an attitude that it's everybody else's fault, or they start fault-finding, or they start having, giving, being problems to the organization. You know what I'm talking about. You've seen it. If you're a business owner, you for sure have seen this. Yeah, you may have even experienced it yourself as an ineffective salesperson. Well, that salesperson is not getting sales. He's not getting a quality, high-quality product. Therefore, he is not what? He's not a professional. Now, you could say, well, you know, I never thought about it, that a salesperson would be a professional. Darn right. Sales is a profession. It doesn't mean it's the only thing the guy's professional at, by the way. A professionalism isn't a one quality thing for one, you know, one, you can't be more than professional at one thing. We're going to get into this more, but it's like, no, you know, anything you do, you do it to a professional standard and you get high quality products out of it. And out of that, you're going to get morale. And out of that, you're going to get confidence. Out of that, you're going to get uh, courage. Out of that, you're going to get faith, a sense of well-being, buoyancy. Physical and mental well-being. You see guys who are not producing products. What happens to their physical health? Have you looked at that? You watch. You see a highly productive person. Chances are their health is excellent. Good chance. Uh, they maybe get something here and there, but overall they recover well. They're buoyant. You know, they float. And they float because they're produ- because they have high morale, and they have high morale because they're producing high-quality products, and they are producing high-quality products because they have become willy-nilly, whether they intended to or not, they are pro in that particular area. But in my experience, at least, real professionals decide they're going to be professional at something, and then they work at it. Okay, we're going to get into that more in a minute. Okay, here's a second definition from Mr. Hubbard. Uh, This is a very important definition. It's a short one, but he says, definition two here, the demonstration of competence is the basic factor of morale and production is the evidence of competence. This is from uh, January the 18th of 1971. It's actually from a lecture. The demonstration of competence is a basic factor of morale and production is the evidence of competence. So, you ever watch somebody highly competent? Maybe a woodsman, you know, you're in the woods and, you know, this person, you're, maybe you have a guide or something and you watch the guy or the gal, you know, start a fire in the pouring rain and 
set up a shelter, you know, just smoothly, knows exactly what to do, and just takes care of everything. Now, there's a sort of a space and an aura, and, and there's sort of peace around there. There's pride. There's confidence. There's, you know, they're able to produce products, and uh, they have high morale. Maybe they're not walking around with a big old grin on their face, but, you know, somehow it's kind of cool to be hanging out with those kind of people. You know, they're just plain competent, you know, or around a real cop, uh, competent carpenter. You watch how they work. It's almost like watching, it's like watching a dance. It's like watching art to, to watch a really fine cabinet maker, you know, put together things. And you just, you know, and they're happy, man. They're happy when they're doing it. When are they unhappy? When they're in the areas of lack of competence, when they're areas in areas where they're not professional, where they're not able to produce uh, high-quality products. Like, what about their kids? Maybe they're a very competent carpenter, but they're not so good as a dad or a parent. You know, maybe no one's ever taught them the technology of how to be a parent. Maybe they never studied it. Maybe they never thought there was anything to study about it. But you can tell if they're a pro as a parent by looking at their products, the kids. How are they doing? Okay. Now, what about the product of a good manager? It would be something like a well-managed organization that produces valuable final products in increasing quality, quantity, and viability, and that is attaining towards its goals. An organization like that, is it smoothly running? You know, people kind of getting along, customers move along line by line or person to person, and they get handled properly, and there's not minimal complaints, or if there is a complaint, it's easily corrected. And everybody seems to be of a pretty high morale. They all know what their functions are, and they're doing them pretty well. And they're, they're demonstrating competence because they're actually producing products, big or small. Okay, now that's an excellent organization. Now that's what your organization should look like, and it should be attaining towards its goals. Whatever goals are being set by uh, usually the uh, what we call the goal maker, goal finder. There's a whole episode on what is a goal maker if you want to look it up but management is usually tuned in towards organizing things in the direction of a stated goal so is that organization achieving its goals or isn't it if it's achieving its goals probably high morale and the people within it are probably producing uh, competently and producing high quality products okay that's what you want take a good look at your organization is it a high quality product and if it isn't if it isn't Now you know why. You are not approaching the subject of management and administration with the viewpoint of being a professional. You see that? Because it all stems back from that viewpoint, from that beingness. You have a beingness. I am a professional. I am going to study. That's doing this. And I'm going to have the product. The product is going to result from the demonstration of my competence. Okay, and that is what gives a person pride. That's what gives a person morale. Now, here's a drill. I want you to take a piece of paper, and I want you to write down a list. Okay, now this is going to be a list of every area where you know you can get a high-quality product consistently and unquestionably. It might help to look at what products you consistently can produce that are of high quality, and then look at what area you are you are viewing there, right? So, you know, if you're an excellent cook, you, you can fix up a meal, and uh, keep everybody happy. If you can put on a party for people and you're not uh, phased by that, chances are you have become a professional in the area of uh, cooking. 
Okay, whether you're a professional cook and you're cooking for a restaurant or not, if you can pull that off, you've probably put quite a bit of work into it. You probably put quite a bit of study into it and you take great pride in your demonstration of that competence. Why? Because you're producing a valuable, uh, high quality product. Why do you think the chef is so appreciative or the cook is so appreciative or your mom is so appreciative when you say, mom, that was amazing. Okay, she appreciates that because she worked hard and she's proud of producing a high quality product. She's produced the effect that she intended to produce. Everybody's kind of blown up, you know, and that's now that you could say, okay, I'm a pro in that area. Or not. Yeah, I dabble a little bit in cooking, but, you know, I can fix something for myself or I can fix something for, you know, myself and my kids. But, you know, don't ask me to put on a party. Okay, so I don't know that I would write that down on your list of things that you're pro at. Okay. Um, what about, you know, you're pretty handy with a hammer and nails, but can you consistently put up walls and frame and windows and doors and, you know, or can you build a cabinet or a bookcase from scratch? Ikea, love your home. Doesn't count. Okay, you can put together an IKEA bookshelf. I'm not counting that. But if you are handy enough that you can actually put together furniture that actually comes together pretty well and you can do it pretty consistently and you know what you're doing, you could say, and you're not only you know what you're doing, but the product is there. Do you see what I mean? There you look at a finished high quality product. There's a bookcase or there's a cabinet or there's a table that, uh, that the individual produced there's a demonstration of competence, and there is the result, and there is accompanying that pride, morale, all these other qualities, a sense of mental well-being, physical well-being, okay, comes from that, producing products. There's a lot more mechanics to this that I would probably have to cover in another episode, sort of mental mechanics, I guess you could say, but just understand this. If the person is producing high-quality products, then his morale is going to be higher. He's going to actually act saner. He's going to be healthier. He's going to be in a better condition mentally. So this might be a bit of a brutal exercise, but it's useful. Now, I want you to make another list. You can take another piece of paper. You can write it beside that, the, the first list, okay? But I want you to make another list. I want you to make a list of all the areas where you dabble. Put them in another list. You know, where you would say, yeah, no, I'm an amateur here. I don't really, I can do a bit of it, but anyway, just write that list down as a separate list. You Sometimes you can get an, an okay product, but not, not a high quality product and not consistently, okay? Put that, make that list. Chances are that's a bit of a longer list than the first list, okay? All right, now when you are done with that list, maybe you're not done with that list yet, but as you're writing, I want you to think this. Ask yourself this question, in which areas, on which of these lists, in which of these areas do I personally experience high morale? You get that? Was it list one or list two? Do you see, do you feel the same lift mentally, spiritually, physically, sense of pride, uh, a sense of confidence? the sense of courage even from producing from the second list or the first list. 
Yeah, this is an interesting observation about human behavior and why people are depressed and why they're not having any fun. You know, you can say, well, they don't go skiing enough. I don't know. may not be that. Maybe that they don't know or don't have anything that they can really produce in life that they can exchange and that they can take pride in. You follow? And that is bound to influence how they feel about themselves. It's going to influence their morale. Okay, so you're done with that second list. You got your first list. You compare the list. Which one makes you feel more competent? Which one makes you feel more confident? Uh, which one gives you higher morale? I think I know which list that is. So now I want you to do this. Look at those two lists and estimate. Let's start with the first list. No, no, no. Actually, scratch that. Take your second list, and I want you to estimate your commitment to learning in that second list, in the dabble amateur areas. How much dedicated study have you spent on that subject or those subjects? Just put a rough estimate. You know, I studied for, you know, 20 minutes. I studied for five hours. I studied for, you know, three semesters part-time or whatever it was. Just put something down there and just give yourself an idea. How much time have I actually committed to learning this and becoming competent in this? So you do that with your second list. And when you're done with that, now you go back to your first list. And now I want you to estimate your commitment to learning in the pro areas of your life. How much time did you study that? You're probably still studying in these areas. Wouldn't be surprised. Hopefully you have a few of them, but you may not. You may not have any, which don't even, don't even worry about it. Like this, this isn't, we're not doing this episode to make you feel bad. We're just doing this episode to sort of demonstrate something very exciting. You know, the route to a high level of morale. So now, you probably observed it's a bit different. The commitment and time to learning in the first list versus the second list. Now, there's a relationship there. It may not even necessarily be a relationship in time. It is more often a relation relative to commitment. How committed are you to that subject versus the amateur or dabble subject, right? The pro versus the... It's actually a shift of beingness. It's a shift in attitude. Now, there may be an attitude that one can barely expect to be professional in one thing in your life, one subject, never mind Anything you turn your hand to, remember what Mr. Hubbard said in the beginning here. He says, anything you do, do it as a professional and to professional standards. That's, that might seem quite demanding, you know? How many things do you turn your hands to? How many things could you be professional in? Well, if we follow Mr. Hubbard's example, he was a professional in more than two dozen, that's over 24 separate fields, okay? Now, that's a good example. He was a professional photographer, professional writer, a professional mariner able to captain any vessel, any tonnage, any ocean, master mariner. Okay, I just named off, well, obviously, uh, you know, a professional in the area of management, administration, incredible researcher. I mean, there's so many areas. Uh, if you've ever read his writing, if you've ever read his poetry, if you've ever listened to his music and the songs that he's written. I mean, we used to have an expression, the Renaissance man, there's Renaissance men. This was something that was far more common in the past and probably in current cultures, but, you know, individuals who could become pro at many different areas. That should be us today, don't you think? How much more different would our morale be, our, our health be, and so forth? And anyway, as it bears to your organization, look no further as to why you may be having difficulty in the subject of administration and management. 
Now, to be fair, judging from the success stories we have coming in, the BusinessWise podcast has already gotten many of you to look to take a more dedicated look at studying and learning to apply the Hubbard Management System. But let this episode be a punctuation point on this. You want results in business? You want results in management? Good. Become a pro at management. Become professional in that area. Simple as that. Commit to learning it. Study it. Practice it. Restudy it. Mr. Harvard once said, and this is from an article, 21 July 1981. He says, number of, all capital letters, by the way, number of times over the material equals certainty and results, a major study datum, which has been proven beyond any question. L. Ron Hubbard. So, yeah, you studied something, good, study it again, go over it again. The number of times over the material equals certainty and results. You'll get more results the more you study. The more you listen to these uh, episodes, the more you study the actual articles, which I refer to here. That's why I give you dates so that you can look up those references uh, if you have them available. Uh, otherwise, uh, you can get a list from me of courses to study. You can't study this stuff too thoroughly. Whether you have studied uh, adequately to call yourself a professional in this field would be reflected in the quality and viability of your organization. That is your product. It either exists there in the physical universe or it doesn't. If it doesn't, start cracking some books, start listening to some lectures. Okay, if you would like a program of training for yourself, uh, write me at info at wiseeastus.org. I actually have prepared a program that I have most of the members studying right now that they can study locally, usually fairly easily. A couple of the courses are actually can be done by extension, but first make a commitment to study and then write me info at wiseeastus.org and I will send you this program. Uh, also, wise members, you have access to the Model of Admin Know-How Workbook. You should study that. Uh, more and more online courses are available through the Effective Management Association. You can go to effectivemanagement.us and get access to those. You've got the Hubbard College of Administration, uh, in Los Angeles, which also offers training and is now offering some online training as well. There is no reason why you cannot become a professional in this area. No reason at all. It starts with your commitment to being a pro. So if you want help in this area, write me or write us at info at and we'll get you going. Uh, other than that, thank you for listening. I hope you found this as valuable as it intended to be for you because if you can start with that attitude, the rest of this technology and the management system uh, will avail itself to you. But if you don't start with that professionalism attitude and viewpoint, then obviously you're going to get far less results. That is why this episode is so important to you. Hope you got something out of it, and we will talk to you next week.